The following program is a podcast1.com production. And here it is. Dr. Drew. Yeah, Mike. I get really mad on this podcast. You really do. The you, Mike and you Dr. Lose Drew. It. The Mike and Dr. Drew show this episode, I get mad. One FU sends you a spiral in. I I mean I get mad for all my Mike says FUs, but this one I get really mad. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just. And you, you sort of warm up with the Chinese facial bikini. That got you going. Chinese facial bikini, stamps, Hitler, Pol Pot. Yeah. My wife yeah. Jo- joins us. I was uncomfortable. Flathead Florida man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and guys smashing people with pipes at, at Disney World. Yeah, you got to listen to this podcast. It's the Mike and Dr. Drew Show, only at PodcastOne.com. Hey, everybody. Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to the Classic Love Line Podcast. This volume covers episode 113 of the Adam Carolla era. It's from March 5th, 1996, a Tuesday night, with guest Abraham Ben Ruby from ER, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. And on this episode, he's actually promoting his work in Twister, much like previous guest Joey Slotnick from The Single Guy. Abraham is a great guest, and this is the only known appearance that he made during the Corolla era. They do reference an appearance he made when he was plugging Parker Lewis Can't Lose, but that was before Adam's time. Hopefully we find another episode with him on it, because he's a lot of fun. Adam asks him everything from drug use to penis size, and he's game the whole way. And Dr. Drew gives a rare recount of the LSD thresholds in his opinion, which is something that would ultimately lead to many young people foregoing the drug altogether. There's a hilarious call with a woman asking how to find a man's G-spot. Abraham is very curious about their early use of email, clearly indicating he's also an early adopter of the internet. One of Adam's earliest, if not the earliest, water displacement penis measuring riff. The birth of Mahalo, not used as a closer, but discussed in depth and mentioned throughout the rest of the show. And we get an early, if not the earliest, telling of the cold jerky contest story. Overall, another hilarious episode start to finish, and Abraham's a great guest. As per usual, this was recorded in 1996. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician. Or you can contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook at Podcast One, and on podcast1.com, home of all your favorite podcasts. Listener discretion is advised. Mahalo, and get it on. Sick. So I'm making an excuse at the top of the show. So I can't even make myself laugh at you for that. I know, it's hard for me. Well, to do. I have some it. empathy, some compassion for you. Part of your Hippocratic oath was not to mock those who are ill, and I certainly am one of those tonight. Thank you, Engineer Mike. Let me get the phone number out. 1-800-LOVE-191. Loosely translated, 1-800-568-3191. The fax number, 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. He is Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. And tonight we are honored to have Abraham Ben Ruby from ER. He's the uh, huge guy who works at the front desk. He's the world's biggest actor. He's a nice guy. He has no shoelaces in his shoes. Maybe we'll... Feet are too big? I, it looks like he's kind of bursting out of those things. Uh. Yeah, like, you know, he, he's a big guy. I, I don't know if he has to shop at the big and tall place or not. You know, I don't know where the cutoff is at the big and tall. You know you know what I'm talking about? Well, I, I, is there a big and tall for actors? 
Because his actors go, this guy's a giant. Yeah, you know why? And he's cleaning up in this town because most guys over, let's say, 6'4", turn stupid all of a sudden. I don't know what it is. What is it like the elevation? Is it that the air is thinner or, or the gravitational pull on their brain is not as great? Or right. I, I don't know what the hell it is, but everyone, everyone, let's say, over 225 pounds and over 6'4", just turns into a moron. And this guy... Is at least average intelligence. At least. At least, from what I gather. And he, he could be a genius for all we know. So we're going to bring him in. He landed this gig on e- ER. So he's got to be excited about last, that. Last time he was on this show, he was in Parker Lewis Can't Lose. If anybody remembers that show. And Parker Lewis did well, lose. Did, yes, indeed. it lost. But everyone's moved on to bigger and better things. And Drew, last night we were talking about some of the laws uh, involved with sodomy around this country of ours. Amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Somebody it, here in Los Angeles faxed this to us. And uh, we noticed particularly, we were just kind of going through it again as we came on to the, the, the program this evening, and this, the states that begin with the letter I have an interesting kind of uh, uh, history. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Idaho uh, <laughs> apparently still, still uh, carries crimes against nature law. Five years to life. Now, so yeah. <coughs> sodomy is considered a crime against nature? That's what it looks like. I hope this is accurate stuff. This guy, Tony Sly, sure doesn't said say us. crimes against sphincter? No, no. Okay. It's included in that. Uh, a Illinois repealed their law in 1962, the first state to repeal the sodomy laws in 1961. In Indiana, repealed their law in 1977. Their justification for doing so was to give us an opportunity to study it more openly and to see what causes it in the hope that we can eventually eliminate Marlon Perkins and Jim are going to are, are, are going to observe the homo in the wild. Well, look at their mating. Look at the mating ritual over there, Marlon. Right. He's got himself a well drink. Now he's approached the other one at the bar. <laughs> they want to study it. So so they might eliminate it. Now I I know I know this sounds real obvious, but you bust a guy for anal sex and as punishment you're sending him to prison. Right. This is like Club Med. Right. What you know, it's like it's like busting a guy for, for being a pedophile and and sentencing him to work at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, Thank you, I'll be here all night. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. All this stuff just really uh, makes me happy to talk about, frankly. I, Here's the deal. Here's what the law should be. Poke anything you want with your penis as long as the thing you're poking says it's okay and is over 21. 17. All, all right. right, 21. Just, all right, for, just for the sake of argument. Poke whatever you want. Poke a donut, poke the dog, whatever it is. Poke it with the penis just as long as that thing doesn't have a problem that you're poking. <laughs> I don't quite right. respond. All right. I, I think the the flu medication is now kicking in. Drew? Yeah, indeed it is. You ready to go to the phone? Yeah, let's go. Which ones do you want to go to? Because I, I just can't think straight tonight. Go backwards. Six, five, we'll go backwards. All right. Fantastic. Frank. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm sick as a dog. <laughs> sick as a dog? Yeah. That's a drag. I know. What's going on? Dr. Drew, how you doing? Frank, I'm all right. Yeah, I like listening to you guys. It's a real trip. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. I'm uh, 23 years old from Chicago. Yeah. And, uh... I've got a little bit older girlfriend. She's 28, and uh, we've been dating for a while. And um, you know, I was just kind of curious. We've been talking about lately. It's like I have like no like interest in sex anymore. And I'm a guy, and I'm straight. I know that you know because we still have sex like upon occasion. But you know, you know, I kind of tend to smoke a lot. Smoke tobacco? Uh, No. Pot. Yeah. Every day. Um, well, for a while it was every day. For like two months, it was like for every day. Now, now it's twice a day. 
What's that? No, it was it was more than twice a day, probably. All right, so you smoked a lot of grass. Yeah. How lot, long did yeah. you go out with this particular girl? Uh, we've been going out for more than a year. Yeah. Well, you want to know if it has to do with the pot? Yeah. Are you on any medication? We've, we've been talking about it, you know, and I'm still interested in her, and she's still attractive to me. And All I'm right. Still, you know, I Are really you, care for Frank, her. Frank, let me let me explain what happens when you get stoned. Everything is work. Yeah, that's, that's the true. thing about when you get stoned. I mean, you don't you, tell you, me that. Oh, I know. I mean, you're sitting on your sofa, <laughs> and there's like there could Listen be a you guys. there could be a big sign across the street that said like Led Zeppelin reunion, free beer, free pizza, <laughs> and and there could just be a corridor between you and that place, and you'd still sit on that sofa and go, uh, I want to see if Gilligan makes it off the island. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, that's what happens. I mean, I've done that. I get, I've gotten stoned and went, man, am I horny? And then, like two seconds later, went, yeah. But I guess I'd have to get off the sofa in order to have sex. So it's kind of a deal breaker. No doubt. It 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 takes the wind out of your your sail. It takes the starch out of your schwanz. Yeah. <laughs> there there has been discussion in the past of it causing something called an amotivational syndrome, and I, I I disagree with that a little bit. I think what it does really is it blocks one's ability to go from a thought or an intention to an action. Whatever that neurologic phenomenon is, because you have great ideas. I mean, you're going to build, right. you know, the the Watergate building oh, or something. Gonna, yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. I'm reseeding yeah. the lawn. Yeah. Damn yeah. it! You're, There's you're, no two ways about you're it. All kinds of great ideas, but the initiation of the action never happens. Yeah, no kidding. And that's the neurobiological event that this thing, thing seems to block. It's like politicians suffer from this yeah, too, don't they? They get up there. We're gonna we're gonna stop illegal immigration. We're gonna roll back taxes. We're gonna have uh, two chickens in every pot and a car in every garage. And I'm putting every able-bodied American to work. And then they get into office and nothing happens. Is that it? Is that what happened to Clinton? Did he inhale? Uh, hmm. And here's the deal, Frank. The other problem is that you you uh, you sound like you're a marijuana addict, and uh, that that you know just based on that, that means you have a family history of alcoholism, and uh, that this is something that if you stop the pot, you're likely to switch over to something else, and that something else would likely be alcohol or speed. Hmm, and, that's interesting because I really don't think that anyone in my family has been an alcoholic. You sure? Grandparents? Yeah, no. They actually. Uh, they both, both my grandfathers died at an early age. Cirrhosis? Uh, no, uh, congestive heart failure. Still fell on them? Congestive heart failure at early age, that's pretty unusual. Both of them? Yeah. That's pretty, that's very unusual. In fact, that you've got to get looked into to make sure there's no, uh, genetic element to that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we, we were checking that out. Frank, on Frank. Yeah. It could be the pot, it could be you, it could be the girl. Let's just put down the bong for a minute and eliminate the pot and, and, and then call us back in two months and see if that was the problem. Okay. All right? That's cool. Yeah, hey, it's cool talking to you guys. Good talking to you. Get one of those motivational tapes. Nah. Just stop. Put the bong down. That's all. <laughs> Probably smoke it. Justin. Yeah? Hey, you're on Loveline. Uh, how you guys doing? Good. All right. I got a little problem here. A question for Dr. Drew. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to the Valentine's Day show yeah. and uh, I heard... A phone call about the the penis uh, enlarger. And right. I got, one, I got one of those. Wonderful. I ordered it, and uh, it said use it a couple times, see how it turns out. I used it a few more times than they recommended, and now it's a little swollen and it hurts. What do you guys think I could do about it? Is there any break in the skin? No, it's just enlarged and like red and 
puffy. Yeah. Do they have a penis shrinker? Yeah, but I don't think uh, an acute infection or inflammatory reaction is the enlargement process they are looking for. We're going to fill your pecker with pus. Yeah, exactly. I would like to buy a penis shrinker just to leave it around. You know what I mean? I'd buy like a like a baker buy thirty of like them, like a baker's around dozen. Went, yeah. that one like rolling around on the dash of the car right, and stuff exactly. like. Oh, sorry, baby. Uh, let me put that. I shouldn't have had that out on the first date. Let me put that back in the glove box. All right. Well, listen. Uh, unfortunately, I think you need to see a physician to make sure there's not what's called a cellulitis, which is a true soft tissue infection. Can you get the device was... off your penis? Yeah. I... I got it off. I tried reversing the airflow. Oh, no, 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 Justin. No, no, relax, pal. Just just go be, oh, man, be good to your penis, please. Just just take it easy. Soap and water, towel it off. No, Keep it open to air for the time being and get somebody to take a look at it. Pretend it were a wound on your arm and treat it the same way, okay? And I'm I'm really worried about this because my girlfriend said she won't she doesn't want to have anything to do with me until it goes down to normal size. That would be correct. That would be the, the appropriate uh, judgment. That would, be, that would that would be good good use of your your. Do you see how God helps judgment. those who help their penis? He he puts a wrath on them. He puts a he put a pox on your penis, a curse on your penis. This is what happens when you try to monkey with nature. You understand, Justin? I understand. If it, there's nothing I can do besides go see the physician. Well, didn't, didn't I say soap, water, towel off, keep it dry, open to air? Can he keep his penis elevated? If, I might be able to do that. It's actually a good idea. <laughs> can, can I put some ice on there to try to get the... Uh, oh, that, that'll it's not feel a, good. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily do that. Uh, just get it looked right. at, okay? Open to the air, soap oh, and water? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but make sure... Pull it back into the shorts when you head out to get the paper and stuff like that. I mean, not open air all the time. All right, then... I, I want to get something done because spring breaks next week. I'm in college, and uh, I don't want it hanging out of my swim trunks or anything while I'm yeah. All right. Well, uh, on spring break. You see somebody, make sure. Uh, yeah. I mean. Just the, relax. Here's the reality. The reality is if there is an infection there, this, can't, this guy could lose some soft tissue. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you need the soft tissue? I look at that as a hindrance. Yeah, but that's what your trance is made of. Does the soft tissue become hard? Parts of the soft tissue. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, then I'm going to keep it. Well, Abraham. <laughs> Greetings. You've joined Greetings. us uh, during our soft tissue penis discussion. Indeed I have. I walked in right at the right time. Abraham Ben Ruby. So you really should invent something with a name like that. Have you come up with anything yet? Um, you should either, like, snuff a president or make, like, a cotton gin or something. <laughs> Indeed. Maybe I should make a... Uh... A soft tissue desizer. Oh, boy, like could that. you make money on this show. Now, you've been on ER for, for how long now? Uh, two years. Two years. And you're working the front desk. Yes. And what do you do? You, you, I haven't seen the show. I'm the only man <laughs> in America. And I don't feel bad about saying it because you guys are just destroying everybody. <laughs> you know, right. we get some little nobody in here, and their, their show is like 175th out of 105 shows, then I feel bad, you know? But you guys are, are crushing everybody, so... It is, uh, it is the entertainment juggernaut. It really is. Is it surreal? I mean... In a way, it's kind of weird. Uh, it's weird to think of that many people watching every week, watching me do nothing, basically. <laughs> shuffling paper. It's shuffling paper, answering it, phones. It's exactly. really like you have, like, a crappy job, except for someone <laughs> films you doing it. That's correct. I mean, these it, other guys are doctors. You have a crappy, like, clerical job. I do. It's the job I never wanted in you real life. You know what? Life. I had that job in real life. Really? 
in a, in a surgical ward when I was 19. But yeah. minus the camera, and you're making 265 an hour. Uh, I think at 315. Really? 315 an hour. All right, so so you're now you don't have to wear a nurse. You don't have to wear like a candy stripers outfit or anything, do you? No, sir. I have to wear an ugly gray smock. Right, and do the, now you're a big guy. Yes. You're six seven. What are you coming about? Two eighty five. Uh, closer to three. Closer to three. Closer to three hundred. All right. So you're about three bells. You're about six seven. Now you most... played ball in high school, did you? No, I sure didn't. Didn't. That's what it was. It was but I bet the coaches like bugged the hell out of you, didn't they? Did. They? they did. I'm from Indiana, and uh, and it's sort of a big sports state, and. So every now and then I'd be walking through the halls of my high school and the coach would be like, Ben Ruby, when are we going to get you out there in a helmet and shoulder pad? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd sort of flip him the bird. And, and you were probably away. in the dramatic art stuff. But you're wearing, right. yeah, you're really wearing like tights and slippers <laughs> and prancing about That's doing right. Shakespeare and it whatnot, right? And who's going to make fun of you? <laughs> now, <clears throat> but a lot of the roles you get are sort of based on being... Uh, Intimidating physically. Am, sure. am I right? I mean, it's certainly the early stuff, right? Sure. Like I saw you on Married with Children, right? And uh, you're playing like you're playing Bud's cousin, mm-hmm. and Bud was like banging your sister or something. My fiance. Oh, your fiance. Yeah. Well, you never know with that show. I don't yeah. have the sound. Could up. be sister actually <laughs> on that show. Um. But but you you do, and I saw you in the program, right? That uh, movie with James Caan, which wasn't bad. A little over the top, but not a bad movie. <laughs> well said. Now, I talk, uh, he was also in The Shadow. I ran into him in the hall. He said, we're not going to discuss that. I said, now now we have to discuss it. Absolutely. Now, I saw The Shadow in a drive-in. Nice. And I couldn't figure out whether there was just some, like, bird crap on the windshield or it was just a horrible movie. <laughs> I didn't know which one it was. Well, I, hopefully, if you were in a drive-in, you were getting some while the, the wretched <laughs> shadow was playing. It, were you in? Now, I, I seriously, I drove out of there about halfway into it, so I don't even remember you. Were you in the beginning part? No, I'm somewhere lost in the middle. I, actually, the beautiful thing about that job was it saved me from nine months of unemployment. I hadn't worked for like nine months. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I got to die with a crossbow bolt in my chest on the shadow. In it was a good idea, and, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with that movie. There was just something wrong with it. I, I, I don't know what it was. I don't either. Do you? No. You know, it had uh, the director was the guy who directed Highlander, which is a movie that I like. and and Alec Baldwin's Alec great. Baldwin and Penelope Ann Miller. Oh, okay. You don't like those two. <laughs> no, no, all right. They're all right. All right. They're all right. Yeah, well, look. I don't know. I don't know. I remember the radio show, and it was great, you know? It seemed like a good idea until... I saw it, and then it seemed like a bad idea. But you got Twister coming up because you're on the rebound. That's right. Let's not live in the past. Exactly. You have Twister coming up. Now, we had someone on here who was, uh, Drew, what was his name again? It's going to come in my ear in a second. If we were listening, it might. Oh, okay. It's not going to come in my ear. Forget it. But we had we had one of the one of the guys. Uh, what was his name? Did I mention it? Yeah, Joey Slotnick. Right. Joey Slotnick was yeah. in, and he was in here like right. last week or something like and that. He's on the single guy. That's right, right, that's right. Probably and, why you had him. Right. And this is in this is coming up. Uh, was it Memorial Day? Memorial Day. Big movie. Twister. It's about tornado chasers and big computer generated tornadoes. Very scary. Right. Action, action. And action. you play the guy who sits on the house to hold it down. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I play the guy who. Uh, oh, nice timing. Um, 
<laughs> I don't even know what I do now. Man. What do you do? You're like in a root cellar yelling, Pa, bring the livestock in. It's a twister. <laughs> I'm the owner of a double wide, and uh, our home gets blown away. Oh, no, so I, uh, I drive a big mobile computer lab and curse at the sky basically the whole time. And so basically the movie's about a, about a storm front. Yes, yeah, kind of a big one, but yes. But, you know, Jaws was about a fish. Right. This could be good. I, I get the analogy. All right, you're going to rebound. You're yeah. coming back from this shadow debacle. Right on. All right, we're going to go to a quick call, and you're going to help do. us out, right, Drew? Yeah, yeah. Point at something. What do you like? Uh, right, Mike? Hello? Mike, you're on Loveline hey, with what's up, guys? Abraham Ben. Ruby. You know what? I'm thinking about Abraham, Martin, and John, this old nice. 60s song. Can but anyway, anybody here? All right, all right, all right. All right. Go <laughs> ahead, Mike. You guys there? We're yeah. here, Mike. Okay, I got a problem. It's for any of you guys that can answer. I'm 19 years old. I'm in college, my first year. And my girlfriend is 16. And a friend of hers, just a friend, asked her to go to his prom with her. And I don't know if I should I said yes, but I don't know if I made a mistake by letting her. Well, it's just a friend, right? Yeah. Well, he's got kind of a sense that maybe things getting away from him. What do you think? I think the mistake is, and I and I don't know anything about your relationship, but just generally, a rough road to follow is to try to maintain a relationship where one person is in high school and one person is in college. That's the mistake. Okay. I'm sorry, but and and maybe you have a great relationship, but in general. That's a pretty stressful thing for a relationship to go to. And particularly at that age, it's kind of artificial to, to, to hold it together at a time in which both of you should be, you should be exploring your new peer group in college and she should be finishing up with, with high school. And it's probably healthy for you to, to kind of go your own way. Mike, why so, aren't you going to the prom with her? He's in college. He's, he's away. Well, oh, he's only, away? She's only a sophomore in high school. And he's in college. Yeah, but away in college. No, I'm not away. I just live like 15 minutes from her house. Oh, See that, Smarty? Uh, well, he should be. Well, <laughs> he should, I mean, he should be. He should be developing a new life with his college. Well, period, I forget it. I is mean, it, is it a junior college? Is that what you want to ask? Yeah. <laughs> Mike's at junior college. Yep. Oh, that's not college. That's that's high school and a half. That's all. <laughs> oh, actually, it is. Yeah. That's 13th grade. Yeah, yeah, that's what we call it. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. I'm sure half the half your class will be at the prom. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Yeah, go to the prom. Yeah, why can't he go to the prom? What is he? He's 19, she's 16. He'd go to the prom. You got a boutonniere? Me? Well, she's going with the guy. I'm not going to show up with her. Like a threesome thing. Well, she should have asked you. Abraham, what do you think? I think as long as he trusts her and she's home by midnight. Yeah, well, I trust her. It's the other guy. I don't because I don't even know the guy. Well, I think if you trust her, you know, let her uh, be her own woman, and she will do the right thing. Hopefully, let, let me tell you this too, Mike. Here's what I know about women. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. It's you all hear done. that long sigh? That's what I know about women. No, here's what I know about women, Mike. The deal is this: if she really liked this guy, and she no, what I know about humans, I'm I'm, I'm revising it. All right, I'm I'm expanding it. If she really liked this guy and really wanted to be with this guy, she wouldn't ask him to the prom. She would feel self-conscious about this. She would ask Mike to the prom and then fool around with this guy at some other time when Mike wasn't around. You know what I mean? I mean, let's just say, seriously, Abraham, you liked somebody. 
You wouldn't you wouldn't ask them to the prom and tell your girlfriend, yeah, I'm asking them to the prom. You'd feel too guilt racked, yeah, wouldn't absolutely, you? Absolutely, absolutely. You'd ask them the prom and then you try to dump them early <laughs> and go meet up with this person. Go hook up with the other guy. Ah, yeah. reverse or psychology. Girl. Adam Freud, and we'll be back. <laughs> You should call Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Hello, Loveline. Loveline will be right back. Remember when you had to listen to radio programs on their schedule? But with this podcast, life is better because you get to listen on your schedule. But what about backing up your computer files at home or at work? What's your schedule look like there? You don't need to schedule that either, as long as you have Carbonite. Carbonite backs up your files to the cloud for you automatically whenever you're connected to the Internet. You can try it for yourself free right now at Carbonite.com. There's no credit card required. Plus, if you use offer code LOVELINE, you get two bonus months with your purchase. That's Carbonite.com, offer code LOVELINE. Hi, this is Stan Lee, creator of Spider-Man, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Um, yes, you are. And the phone number's here for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191, 1-800-568-3191. Fax number 310-854-4455. We're here with Abraham Ben Ruby from ER. Good evening. Big uh, Stan Lee fan. Absolutely, man. Spider-Man. It's part of why I'm an actor. Really? Sure, sure. And it also... Uh, Don't start singing again, Adam, please, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. I wasn't going to sing until you brought it up. Yeah, there's a great quote from Stan Lee. Uh, with, with great power comes great responsibility. And that sort of uh, stuck by me through my life as a large man. That's why you're wearing jammies and working at the desk at the ER there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's a great responsibility. Oh, yeah. One of the invalids could escape. <laughs> and they often do. Now, <clears throat> we're, we're getting back. Yeah, you're, you're a huge guy, 6'7". I went 285 because I was being polite. Right on. <laughs> well, we'll say three bills, but that's okay. You're 6'7". Yes. You, you wear it well. I'm allowed. Now, do they make... Stuff, you know, do they utilize that for you in, in ER? Do you have to, you know, uh, take anyone down or, you know, hold up like a big I-beam and have everyone escape <laughs> from the hospital after the earthquake or anything like that? I haven't as of yet. And, and actually, that's one of the, the things that appeals to me about ER is that the character could be played by anybody. It doesn't have anything to do with my size. Right. So, that yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Right. It's like it, it, it'd be like a, a real busty woman. Right playing something and they put her in like a poncho or something and didn't have her popping out all it's it's the ultimate sign of respect as an actor i think so you know against type did they ever ask you to show any cleavage by the way i often show cleavage all just right. by choice. well now now we're tuning in absolutely uh, all right it's back to the phones we go patty oh hello hey hi um uh, i listen to you guys all the time and thanks for everything but um this is my problem. <laughs> my boyfriend and I have been dating for five years, and um, he wants to see other people, but he still wants to see me, and I don't know what to do. And it's it's really a tough decision. And Patty, how old are you? I'm 18. <laughs> how old is he? He's 19. So you've been seeing this guy since you were 13 years old. Yeah. 
This guy doesn't know how to end this relationship, even though he really wants to. I'm sorry to say, Patty. Don't you see that? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm... I'm in Bakersfield, and he's in Santa Cruz, and I'm I'm really unsure. He says he doesn't want to, but... He, I'm sure he doesn't want to. I'm sure he's ambivalent about it, but he it sounds like he feels he needs to. Uh, or at least he, he, at least he wants, at the very least, he wants to live his own life and have you available if necessary. You know what I'm saying? He wants you still maintained in some kind of relationship uh, for him. Uh, let me let me just say two things here, Patty. I'm, I'm going to translate a couple of things. When a woman says, I need time to think, translated, that means I'm into some dude at the office. And when a guy says, I want to start seeing other people, it means I already started seeing someone two weeks ago, and I feel like I should say something. But he... I know this is mean to say, but he can't get a date. I mean, he... It's really... I don't know. He... What do you what do you like FEMA or something? You're just huh? gonna go help him out? You help no. the needy? No, I'm not the needy. I'm am dating other people, but I don't really want to. But he wants to, and he can't. But he still wants me around. That is the most pathetic thing, and that's what happens to guys all the time. They go, "Baby, I want to start seeing other people. I think we should both start seeing other people." A uh, month goes by. This guy's been sitting home, diddling himself. She's gone out on 15 dates. Then it comes back and he goes, okay, enough of the seeing other people business. It's true. All right, we're going to call him, Patty. You're going to call him? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you seem quite pliable, Patty. I like that about you. All right, Patty, we're going to put you on hold. You're going to give the phone number to uh, the beautiful Sherry, the phone screener, and we're going to get this guy and we're going to get this whole mess cleared up. And until then, Lucy. Yeah. You're on Love Line. Hi, Adam, Dr. Drew, Abraham. Good evening. Um, I know I'm, I've recently I've become more addicted to pot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, both my parents were alcoholics, and I think my grandparents were. Mm -hmm. And I want to know, you know, if that was connected, and if how, how could I stop it? When somebody is an alcoholic, they inherit a genetic predisposition to be more highly reinforced and rewarded in, in real primitive, non-conscious regions of your brain by drugs that cause addiction. That'd be pot, stimulants, alcohol, the sedating medication, benzodiazepines, uh, opiates. And mm -hmm. not only are you more prone to having a very rewarding positive experience, but your brain is more conditionable. That is to say, the more you deliver, the better the reward, the more the brain demands you to deliver, and, the, and it's just sort of an, an escalating uh, conditioning that develops. And that's where the progression in addiction occurs. If you are an addict, you will, without exception, progress through time. You may drop the pop, you'll switch over to speed or alcohol or something else. The only thing that is known to interrupt this natural history is a 12-step recovery process. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of years ago, I had gone sober for my parents. and Not abstinent. Not abstinent, yeah. but get involved in a recovery program. So yeah, meaning I, I, more than just... If you Quit stop, turkey, yeah, if you, you, stop have to keep, you have to keep maintenance. There's a mathematical probability that you will pick it up again or switch over to something else. Yeah, but that, that was the problem. It's like yeah, I've talked to some people, you know, people that run treatment centers and people that have been there, and they said you can't quit unless you want to, and I know I'm an addict and I know all this, but I don't want to quit. I don't have that. Then, then you're going to have to go on. Okay, there are 
as a saying, you know, people have to sort of hit their own bottom. They have to they have to go as far as they have to go until they're ready to get well. There is a medication out there now called Revia or Naltrexone that does tend to decrease the reinforcing effects of alcohol. I'm of the opinion that it will block some of the reinforcing effects of other substances like um, like pot. You might want to talk to an addiction medicine certified physician about that possibility or other adjunctive things you might do to decrease your your tendency to pursue this drug, but it will not stop the addictive process. Okay? Okay. All right, so when you're ready to quit, Lucy, you know what to do. When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. (sighs) Or at least hungry and tired. Natasha. Hi. Hey, you're on Loveline. How is everybody doing this evening? Oh, we're great. I have two questions. One, my boyfriend, every single morning, wakes up with a full-blown erection, but he insists that he's not horny. That would be most, if not all, males. Is it really? Oh, yes. Okay. I wasn't sure. I've been asking around. And if, if, men do, if men do not get erections during the night, there is something physiologically wrong with their either vascular or neurologic function down there. Yes. If the person next to you does not wake up with an erection, uh-huh. it's a woman. No. That's the rule <laughs> of thumb. Okay. Oh, that's not, necessarily, okay. not necessarily wake. Okay. It doesn't have no. to be wake up every day, but there are certain cycles of sleep when that is happening. Oh, okay. And one other one. Do men have a G spot? You know where the erection is? <laughs> yeah. Same neighborhood. You take the take top or the bottom. Take Scrotum Street, <laughs> hang a left on Shaft Road, and keep going till it dead ends. When you hit that big purple cul-de-sac, <laughs> you're there. All right. All right. All righty. We don't need a G-spot. We have a penis. <laughs> Am I right, Abraham? You're absolutely correct. Now, I imagine you have a tremendous penis, a man your size. <laughs> and and I, uh, yes, wake up every morning with an erection. It's very true. Yes. And you, you probably have to have, like, uh, two beds, like the Lucy Show. One for you, one for your, one for your genitalia. Am I right? <laughs> I cannot deny that fact. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Now, I don't know. Wait. Now, do we have time to get back to Patty and Blaine? No, we don't. But, so don't monkey with that, Drew. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Patty, who has her boyfriend, Blaine, who wants to see other people, who's in a different city, and we're going to straighten out the whole mess. Hello, this is my dog. His name's Dave. Sit, sit, stay. Roll over. Roll, roll. No, Dave, no. Love line will be right back. Stay. This is Real Life with Laura. Penn Gillette. I know you're working on uh, funding a uh, director's cut. Is it a, a horror film? Is it a comedy? Yeah. What the heck is yeah. it? Yeah. The movie's idea is to have me be a bad guy, which I really want to be, and I'm suited for it. You know, I'm six foot seven. I'm you're huge. Pounds. Yeah, you're I massive. A, you're a massive a man. Guy. I should be a frightening bad guy. So do you want to be like Richard Keel from, you know, Jaws from the giant James <laughs> yeah. Bond deal? Is well, that what you want? <laughs> well, you know, that's what big guys are supposed to do. <laughs> that's, I'm telling you. Real Life with Laura. Share this episode with your friends, and don't forget to come back for a brand new episode next week on PodcastOne.com.
Dave's back here on Love Line. Let me get the phone number out, 1-800-LOVE-191, and the fax number, 854-4455. That would be in the 310 area code. We have Abraham Ben Ruby from ER. I have a question. Yes. I see you guys also have a, an email address here, and I'm wondering if you actually answer email. Drew doesn't. Adam does. <laughs> I do. Excellent. But uh, I type like, uh, you know, like a chicken, but a retarded chicken. Perfect. So it's even even worse. So I give people these, like, one, you know, people write these three-page letters. My boyfriend left out of town, and then his stepfather came on to me, and then we started getting on. And I, I answer, like, go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Because it takes me a half hour just to just to do that. Understood. So I apologize to anybody I give short answers to, but it, it is difficult. Now, when we left off, we had Patty who called in. She was calling from Baker uh, Bakersfield. And her uh, beau, Blaine, said he wanted to see other people. They've been going out for five years since Patty was 13 and Blaine was 14. And he's in Santa Cruz now. Blaine, Patty... Hello. Hello, Blaine. Hi. Yes. Blaine, now, you wanted to see other people? Uh, kind of. Yeah, and you've been seeing your right hand. (laughs) Is that right? Oh, pretty much. Yes, I I know how it goes. I was just explaining to the guys what happens. You're with someone for a while. You're getting some sex on a regular basis. You get a little overinflated view of yourself, and you start looking around, and you go... Yeah, I think I could do a little better in this. And then you drop the one you're with, and you're right back where you started, which is right handville, right? Right, Blaine? Yeah. Yeah. So you're not seeing anyone? No, not right now. Meanwhile, uh, Patty's uh, dating like Kato Kalen over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's That's got to hurt, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So now, what do you want to do? Well, I, I kind of think it's it's a good thing. I mean, we've been together since eighth grade, and you know, I, I do want to marry her, and we're still seeing each other. When you know, when I'm in town, I'm in town a lot. Are you in college or something? Yeah, yeah, I'm up here in college. Yeah, see, I I go back to what I was saying before that we had a similar call uh, half hour ago or so, and that is that when somebody's away in college, it really is important to begin to explore who you are and develop a new peer group and. Uh, Get on with your life a little bit. It, it's very stressful and I think unrealistic to kind of keep a relationship glued together with the other person who's back home in high school with her peer group, trying to really finish up that experience, and you're trying to establish a new life and a new identity in, in a new environment. Um, get, get on with your life a little bit. Don't don't. Um, it's great that you have these expectations for your relationship and that you want to try to get to that point where where you guys do consummate in some way. But I don't know. Uh, you you need to explore who you are through college, I think. Patty? Yeah? What do you think? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, I know I love him and I really care about him, but it's really, really hard to get out there and and be with other people. And But maybe that's because they're really not really broken up. And so she's sort of stuck between two worlds. Feeling like a fool? Blaine? Yeah? I think you and Patty are going to have to break up here on Loveline. Hmm. Officially. Well. We've had marriages. <laughs> we certainly could have a, a divorce here on Loveline. Because that, that's what Patty needs. You know what I mean? Here, here's what it is. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give an analogy. <clears throat> you know, when Grandpa 
is is on. And here's an ER analogy. When he's lying on the gurney and he's hooked up to all sorts of monitors and he's got a catheter down his urethra and he's pooping in a bag and he's all sorts of stuff and he's there and he just you have to just keep and you can't divvy up the will you can't sell his car you can't use his golf clubs he's just there you can't begin mourning and move on because he's hooked up and he's clinging to life but meanwhile he's not doing anyone any good he oh wait a minute grandpa's <laughs> up now he's pissed off and he's coming after me with a cane the point is is you almost got to just pull the plug at one point so everyone can move on. You can mourn and then move on. And, and it's great if you can you can sort of retain a piece of that relationship and, and dream of one day getting to the point where you guys can, you know, have some kind of... Yeah, a, like take Grandpa's slipper out on your next date. Is that what you're saying, Drew? Uh, well, no. <laughs> but, but, I mean, if you guys want to plan for really? the future, that's great. But I, I think... If you, if you also want to develop further individually, it's not going to happen if you kind of cling to this relationship in the meantime. Abraham, what do you think? I, I think absolutely that's correct. Uh, change is always good, in my opinion. And, and I, Grandpa's done for him. That's right. Pull the plug, <laughs> he man. He might not be on the gurney yet, but change is good, so get rid of him. And I think Drew's absolutely right. You know, you guys can uh, maintain your friendship and, and stay in touch with each other. And uh, but not be afraid to experience other people as well. See the world. But they, they need they need like that six month period of, of moratorium. You think? With their yeah. Part. Oh celibacy? yeah. Yeah. No, no, not celibacy from one another. From one another. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They can go out and screw other people like rabbits, but they can't touch each other. Patty, Blaine. Yeah. Yeah. Put a tag on the toe of this relationship, and put it on the slab. And have fun. It's cold. It's done. Scatter its ashes over the open sea. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, really. Because, I mean, next year I'm going to be going back to, to Bakersfield for college. Uh-huh. Not because of Patty, for, for other reasons. Right. But I am going back. Okay. And I would eventually like to marry her. The problem is, I mean, I, I was talking to my dad about it. That's where this whole thing started. Well, that's your, that's your problem right there, going to your folks with a problem. <laughs> well... You see, he got married at about, oh, I think 20 or 21, and he keeps begging me not to get married young. Right. And he keeps telling me, get out there and, and be a kid and date around. Which and, is what we're telling you, basically. Right. But he, he doesn't have anything against my relationship with Patty. He just doesn't think that we should be exclusive to one another. All right, Blaine, listen. But it's, it's tearing Patty up to be sort of half in and half out of this relationship. Yeah. Blaine... <clears throat> Here's the deal, because uh, one of us is going to die of natural causes here in a minute if we don't wrap this thing up. Here's the situation. Either go back to Bakersfield, give her a ring, and make a commitment. And uh, maybe just some kind of like, hey, I, I'm not going to screw while I'm in Santa Cruz ring. You could actually have that inscribed on the bottom, I think. They may even have those. They really should, actually. Yeah. Just give her a ring, make a commitment, and then go back to Santa Cruz or break it off. But don't have this uh, date other people. Maybe I'll be back. We'll see how I feel when I get there. I intend on marrying you, but not till later. Either make the commitment or put the tag on the toe. All right? All right. All right. Mahalo. Thank you. <laughs> see, the Hawaiians are smart. They are. They have four words in the whole language. It means throw your trash here, hi, welcome aboard, goodbye. Just just a few words. Absolutely. We have to say stuff like, hi, how are you? Oh, bye-bye, good morning, 
Good night. So what word do you recommend in the English language to take the place of all those? Dude. 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 Dude works. Dude. Yeah, dude. dude. <laughs> I like it. That's right. Yeah, let's try it. Let's just say good morning to me. Dude. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. See, Drew knows how the kids talk. Not only is it love line, it's... Uh, it's it's linguistic know. world. <laughs> That's right. Christy. Hi. Hey, you're on love line. I have Dude. a question about the after Dude. effects of anaphrodisiacs and psychedelic drugs. What was like the first? LSD and ecstasy. Right. What was the first compound you mentioned? Aphrodisiacs? Uh, anaphrodisiacs. An aphrodisiac. Yeah. What is that? Like ecstasy and Spanish yeah. fly. Fine, fine, fine. All right, what's the question? Okay. Um, is it common for people's personality to change after they do these drugs? If you and do it, it... change them, like, permanently? Yes. Answer is yes. Does it cause brain damage? Yes. Well, what's Span- what, what do you think right, Spanish no, fly is, by yes, the way, anyway? Let's, let's not even get into that. Let me, let me say with what I do know. And that is ecstasy has been clearly shown to cause nonsensical, abnormal interrelationships inter- amongst neurons in a region of the brain called the amygdala. It's shown clear anatomic changes of the brain that are abnormal. Okay? And what about LSD? LSD, I can only share with you, while it hasn't been proven, the literature is replete with discussions of people having changes in their personality. Strangely, the literature that came out of the 70s and early 80s talks about these amazing personality changes and then basically puts a value on them and said, well, they're not just anxious people anymore, so it's okay that their personality changed. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the use of this drug is okay. Yeah, These personality I'm... changes are substantial and they are dangerous and they are associated with chronic mood disturbances. Mm-hmm. I see it all the time. And in my opinion, it's any exposure to LSD before the age of 15 and any large exposure, like a large dose or more than 20 or so hits. It's hard to say exactly what the threshold will be for a given yeah, individual. Some people have no problem with it. Yeah. It's a Russian roulette game. You can't tell at what time you're going to begin mm-hmm. to trigger those more substantial changes. But chronic mood disturbances and sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle personality changes are the hallmarks. Mm-hmm. And, and it's my opinion that any drug that causes an hallucination as its primary effect on the brain tends to carry this potential. So that would include mushrooms, peyote, morning glory seeds. Gypsum weed grows out here in the high desert. Some people make teas out of that, <laughs> and they go, into, they go psychotic for four days. Uh, what, what part of the desert? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got like 44 by fours rolling at this moment. Yeah, there's a yeah, convoy heading out to the desert. <laughs> what kind of weed was that? <laughs> I don't care. Just pick what's there and let's smoke it. <laughs> Christy? Yes. Does <laughs> uh, that answer your question? Yes, it does. All right. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Abraham, Ben Ruby from ER. Yes. Dude. You, you, Dude. You ever, you ever hooked on any drugs? <sighs> Golly. We talked about my penis already. Oh, I, I talked about its mammoth proportions. <laughs> and, and I mean, it, just, in a, just in a sort of uh, scale thing, I imagine. Would ha- well, let me say something back to the penis. <laughs> I know Drew doesn't have this answer. But <laughs> wait, what are you get... referring to when you say let me talk to the penis? What are you, what <laughs> no, are you talking I, about? No, I want to talk about the penis. There must be a proportionate weight of a penis, meaning compared meaning, to what? Well, what I'm saying is, is, is if the average guy weighs uh, 165 pounds, and the average penis must be a certain portion of the guy's weight. You know, maybe the penis weighs seven ounces or nine ounces, but there's some sort of quotient here. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if a guy's 300 pounds, his penis must weigh like 18 ounces. <laughs> it, just, it all harks back to the old, uh, you know what it means if you have big feet joke. Oh, is that, yeah, and you, you can't even tie your shoes. <laughs> and get the rain trough. We're going to do the water displacement test. Drop your pants, Abraham. Come on. This is a science experiment. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe you should go back to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the way you work an interview. You start with drugs. And you destroy he wins the gas. <laughs> you go further down to the penis, and now he's begging to talk about his drug abuse in high school. That's right. right? That's right. So, yeah, I did it, man. I did it. But you're sorry, right? I'm sorry. I never. I. I never. Uh, was addicted to anything right in that sort you're of not an addict i'm not an addict. right you're not an addict it's not exactly. gonna happen but you could really drink a pony keg <laughs> and, and eat a kilo of heroin before a guy your size even felt a buzz couldn't you and i have <laughs> and we'll be back and the cops are with love line 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 love line we'll be right back Hey everybody, super fan Giovanni here. If you're looking to buy something online you want to support this show, here's what you need to do. Use the Amazon link on our show site. Just go to podcast1.com and click on the classic love line icon, then click the Amazon banner and save it as your full-time Amazon link. Doing that gets you the same Amazon place you normally go, but with a bonus. Amazon kicks back a small percentage of the sale to help support the show. That means more classic love line and fewer commercials for you. Plus, you don't pay any extra for anything. Same Amazon, same prices. Now, I'm not telling you to buy something here. I'm just saying that when you decide to go to Amazon to do some shopping, go to podcast1.com and click the classic love line show and use the Amazon banner right there. Save the URL as your Amazon page. It's that easy. Then every time you shop on Amazon, you'll be helping classic love line climb to the top of the podcast mountain. Thanks for supporting the cause. Mahalo. We're back with Abraham Ben Ruby from ER, and we're going right back to the phones. Amanda. Yeah. Hey, you're on Loveline. Uh, hi, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yeah, Amanda, what's up? Yeah, okay, I've been struggling with my weight for about the past 10 years. And I'm since since you were nine years old? Huh? Since you were nine years old? Yeah. Do, do you have sort of a genetically predisposed weight problem? Is like everyone in your family overweight? Um... I really have no way of finding out. I was adopted. Okay. But um, anyways, I've had a lot of trouble lately getting boyfriends and everything. How much overweight are you? Uh, about 90 pounds. 90 pounds. And um, I've tried almost everything there is to try, and I was wondering about him. What have you tried? Uh, crash diets. I've tried. I had a personal trainer for about a year. Um, diet pills. Sensible diets. Uh, now, when you say try, do you, are you diligent with this stuff, but the weight doesn't come off, or do you slip and go back? I slip and go back. I went. I was. Uh, I was diagnosed at a, a, in depression for about five years. Are you on medication? I was. And that can increase your weight, of course, right? Yeah. Did that did that sort of add to your problem or cause yeah, the problem? Yeah, it did. It did. Do you, so you eat when you get depressed? Yeah. Not even that so much, but the, many what? of the medications that are used to treat depression further stimulate your appetite. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, this horrible stuff. Well, some of it cuts your appetite, too. But for Women get fat and men's penis fall off. That's what this medication does. Is that what you're saying, Drew? That's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Didn't that sound like what he was Don't. saying, Abraham? <laughs> I might have to take Drew's side. Oh, Dude. Okay. Dude. Yeah, it's all right. Mahalo. Amanda, um, have you gone to any kind of comprehensive weight reduction centers? I mean, university centers sometimes will have weight programs. I was on one for a while back. Where was that? Um, it was uh, with my mom. 
because she was trying to lose weight, too. No, no, no. I mean at, at a university. No. Like a university medical center. No. What city do you live in? Uh, Reno. Reno. Nevada. Oh, the home of the buffet. That's trouble. Amanda. Yeah. Listen. Here's what it is. It's it, Eating is, is a negative or a positive cycle. When you eat a lot, your stomach gets stretched out. You want more food. But but when you back off, it shinks, and you're, you don't find yourself as, as hungry as often. Yeah, yeah come on, Drew. It's, it's go along with me on this one. Man, I'm in somebody like this. She's been obese since she was nine. Well, she has a genetic right. predisposition that, to this. Right. So right. you are going to be, I mean, I mean, I hate to be cruel, but you're going to be like a salmon going upstream on this one. That's it's right. going to be a constant That's right. battle. That's why some people advocate surgical intervention for this. They have ways of sort of restructuring the stomach. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And mm. uh, there are institutes actually developed to study, you know, the, the benefits and advantages of going about it that way. But I, I would suggest you go to sort of what we call a tertiary or quaternary referral center. Go to a university medical center. Many of the departments of endocrinology will have obesity and weight treatment centers. Go there, get a comprehensive evaluation recommendations follow them and stay with it and i'm sure they will see you through this okay okay right, and stick with it amanda and don't beat up on yourself okay all right uh, <sighs> plenty yes, guys out there like like ample women that's true they certainly do yeah, there are magazines about that kind of thing and there are oh guys yeah are just there's into like a, a big butt week and stuff like that what <laughs> there's magazines for guys who like a wide ass dude dude <laughs> This is Loveline on Radio Station. Uh, let me just reset things over here. Let me get the phone number out. Name of the show, Loveline. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310 4455. We're here with Abraham Ben Ruby from ER. I'm Adam Carolla. He is Dr. Drew's board certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. And let me continue with this whole weight thing. Yeah. Because I think this is one of the biggest sh shams in America. What? All this, like, um. The Fen Fen diet? Bill McPherson is done, doing a video on how to get. How, how to look like How her. to look lanky. Yeah. You know why Elle McPherson looks like Elle McPherson? Because she has the right genetic makeup. Because Mr. and yeah, Mrs. Right. McPherson, actually Mr. McPherson, banged Mrs. McPherson, and out came Elle. Right. And that's what you look like. Do, do you know what I'm saying? You get a hand, I mean, I mean, like, you're a big guy. Abraham? He's, yes. There's no way he's going to look like Richard Simmons. Abraham. <laughs> there's God. there's no way. Probably good. Thank you. Oh, I think the little work is hair. <laughs> Oh, no. The right stylist, I think his hair could look like Richard Simmons, although I, I shouldn't speak. But the point is, is you, you get, you know, you know, Kathy Lee Gifford or Elle McPherson, and they're, they're peddling these tapes by this, by the, by the ass master, by the bun buster, by the uh, quad smasher, and you're going to look like this, my ass. When you're big, you're big. Like, my mom is hippie. My mom has, like, a wide ass on her. She has, like, a birthing ass. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think she knew it when she had me. <laughs> and, I mean, she, it's not, no, I mean, you know, it's not like a real unattractive ass. You know, not that I'm scoping out my mom's ass, but she's a hippie woman. And my grandmother has some hips on her, too. Now, my mom is like a vegan, right? She doesn't, she doesn't eat meat. She won't eat refined sugar. She's always on a diet. She gets up and walks. Still has the wide butt. And Elle McPherson will always have those beautiful legs. 
And that's just the way they, they came out. You know what I'm saying? And they trick you into thinking that you can do something about it, but you really can't. Just maintain. Don't screw yourself up is about all you can do. All these tapes, all this powder, all this deal-a-meal BS, it's all a bunch of crap. Am I right, Drew? I mean, there, is, there is some truth in what you're saying, Mahalo. But, but uh, there is a real problem with obesity in this country. People, I mean, you're, you're kind of looking at a particular you know, profile of person that if you're trying to be absolutely perfect, yeah, it's, it's pretty much genetic whether or not you can be perfect. But if you can be not obese by first losing weight and however you happen to do that, whether you're with a weight program or a special diet or, you know, go through a program or whatever, medication, uh, people should be able to lose weight and learn how to eat in such a way as to be not obese. But uh, and That's not looking like Elle McPherson. That's just not being obese anymore. All right, but here's my message. Some people are Jaguars and some people are Pacer wagons. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and the Pacers, but the the Pacer may have like a caboose on it. And the, you got the wagon, the, the U-Haul. The U-Haul's got to go and will still be a Pacer. All right, okay? lose the U-Haul. Right. Armor all the frickin' dash. Right. And that's about right, it. Right, right. It's not, it's not going to be the Jaguar. Right. But, but it's healthier. I, 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 I hate to think that we're discouraging people from losing weight because that's not a good message. I'm saying cuddle up with some entomins and call it a life. <laughs> that's it. Find someone who likes big people and hook up with them. I, Abraham, you're a big uh, guy. I, I, kind of, it, it's a good message in that is that don't get so hung up on it anymore. Right. Don't try to be perfect. That's right. Genetically able. That's right. There's nothing wrong with being who you are. Right. But you still don't want to be some fat broad, do you, Abraham? <laughs> Like so that, that's man. why you got into acting, right? <laughs> you didn't get right. any in high school, that's did you? Right. For the women. Sitting around women. masturbating, looking at Spider-Man and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> I know your life. <laughs> you you were there. <laughs> so you have a girlfriend? You married? I, I do. I'm not married, but I do have a girlfriend. Where in Indiana you grew up? Indianapolis. Are we, we broadcast Indianapolis? Oh, who cares? Is she a wafy, a wafy girl? or A wafy girl. Uh, no, actually, she's uh, she's she's a... God, I want to be complimentary. She's a... a a full-bodied woman. Right. She's a good, solid woman. Well, you need that. Absolutely. You, I prefer that. Yeah. I mean, if you were with Elle McPherson or like... A She'd break. Pia Zadora, she would get wedged in your crack. You'd never find her. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You'd be walking uh, around the know, bedroom. I don't know about Pia Zadora, <laughs> but, uh, but Elle McPherson, sure. It'd be okay if she got wedged in your crack one day. <laughs> Elle, right where here. are you? Every time you turn around, she'd be right behind you. <laughs> I'm trying to look at her in the mirror. Uh, oh, hold on, I just got a visual. <laughs> Martin. Hello. Uh, I've got a question. We're still waiting for Abraham to pass L, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. I've, me and my wife, we like to use blood during sex. What? Yeah. For what? Little, well, sometimes for lubricant but usually just just to run it between us or sometimes Who, whose like blood suck what on my blood sucks on your blood yeah it's your wife yeah so far it sounds healthy go ahead what i want to know is since i'm running out of unscarred areas oh for christ's sake oh uh, wait martin no i'm serious you're pulling our jugular here or what no no okay. no, no no this is like people do worse what do they call that Weird. Here, here's the thing. Strange, we don't need a different name for all these different sexual things. We'll all call it weirdophiliacs. We'll just call it self-mutilation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what'd okay. she do? She bite you? No, I use a razor blade. Uh-huh. 
what I want to know is, is there some way I could get a blood drying kit so that I don't have to cut myself up to get the blood? Yeah, but then naturally enough, you run the risk of introducing infectious material into directly into your venous system. Uh, and basically, you carry then the same risk as an IV drug addict virtually. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I, 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 you know, I'm much more concerned with the behavior itself. And have you, have you been under a lot of psychiatric care in the past? No. I mean, the the, the kind of self mutilation that you're manifesting and the, the kind of bizarre behaviors really suggests some pretty heavy. I, su- I suspect some pretty heavy problems. And uh, you know, one way of releasing tension that people that have a lot of psychological problems is to cut on oneself. Really? Yeah. Well, <coughs> uh, Martin. Yes. Martin, you give me the creeps, i got to tell you. Uh, Count Martin? Yes. Uh, listen, what do you mean a blood-drawing kit? You mean he means a rig. He means like a syringe. Uh-huh. And couldn't you use... Couldn't you go down to, like, the, uh, you know, uh, makeup supply place and get yourself some fake blood? Wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. How about someone else's blood other than your own? I mean, Mr. Cutting. They miss a cutting. And how did you find this person? What kind of uh, bizarre singles bar did you pick up your girlfriend at or your wife at? Just got lucky. We're kind of strange the same way. You don't have kids, do you? No. You're not planning on it, are you? Yes. Uh, no. I, I think, I think uh, the state should intervene. And why is that? Well, because you have problems, Martin. You understand what you're doing here is a form of mutilation, it, and it, it sort of speaks volumes about your mental state, it, at least uh, all the sane people that are listening. Now, who the hell knows what's right and what's wrong anymore? And I guess if you can get a tattoo on your penis or, or, or stick a bone through your neck, then what the hell's cutting yourself with a razor blade these days? Well, but, but they, they aren't all that different, in fact, in terms of what it says, say, about people's internal dynamics. And uh, uh, I, I would suspect that you were abused in some fashion when you were younger, and this is sort of a way to master that now that you're old, they're an adult. Uh, is that accurate or no? Yes, it is. Yeah. You were abused. Yeah, and that and that abuse is something that needs to be treated, and certainly, and the reason Adam cringed at the idea of you having children is that cycle of abuse is likely to be perpetuated unless you get some professional help or do something to break that cycle. Martin, yes, honestly, here now I'm not, I'm not going to make funny anymore. Is there a part of you somewhere, somewhere in your brain that realizes <laughs> that this is sort of deviant stuff, that there's something up, that there's something wrong? Is there... well, I know it's a little strange, but and, if it's and, between two consenting adults who don't mind. And, and Martin, right, but, but, but Martin, it's not the behavior itself and that it somehow smacks something macabre. It's what it says about your character logic development and the kind of trauma that was inflicted upon you when you were a child and the likelihood of chaos in your relationships, dysfunction in your relationships, and perpetuating a cycle of abuse through your family. That's that's the real issue here. If you want to, you know, stand on your head and you know have pinwheels, whatever, I, you know, that's it's not that. It's it's what it says about what's going on with you, and it it doesn't, it, it, as Adam says, it speaks volumes, and it's something that you should deal with. 
All right, right Martin. Oh, I realize I'm a little different than most people. Martin. Yes. Here it is, in a quick nutshell. You're doing this because of something that somebody did to you once upon a time. So understand that is your motivation, okay? And try to get some help. You know, a lot of these problems sound just weird, and you just want to kind of make fun of them. But you, it's you, not funny. But you, you realize this, even if, even if it manifests itself in a strange, peculiar, and sometimes humorous way, the reason it is doing that is because of something awful mm -hmm. that was done to them right. 20 years ago, 15 right. years ago, whenever, right. whenever it was. That's right. So they were, they were uh, you know, Uncle Louie sodomized them way back when, yeah. and now they're into some kind of bizarre sexual deviant behavior, yeah. and it's real easy just to make fun of that. No. But you have to kind of go back to Uncle Louie, feel sorry for them, yeah. tell them to get some help. Yeah. In any weird stuff, Abraham? Nothing that extreme, I'm afraid. Nothing for you to make fun of at the moment, I guess. <laughs> it is strange. It is strange. Uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, well, that's why I'm sitting here, to police you guys, make sure you don't just... Well, uh, well first off, don't include Abraham in this. <laughs> Please, gone. you. Okay, there you go. Abraham will kick your ass right out of the studio if I tell him. He does my bidding for me now. He'll throw me through this window. Remove here. him from yes. my sight. Yes, master. <laughs> there you go. May I cut you now? <laughs> Sam. Yeah. You're on Loveline. How you doing tonight, guys? Good. Got a question for Dr. Drew. Yes, Sam. Uh, venereal warts. Uh, how, can they, uh, how contagious are they? Highly. Highly. Highly, highly. If, if, you, if you have them or if your partner has them or you have ever, ever had them, and you Well, I think I got them. I just, well, you know, but, uh, I mean, if they're so contagious... You don't get them on your hand or anything else. Uh, Thus, that is why they're called genital warts. They're only on the genital area. Right, there. which is a different kind of skin, different well, kind of area. Oh, is that why yeah. it won't stick to the hand? Right. What is that? It's a different, it, this, it penetrates. It, it, you, you, you wouldn't get, the palm is a different kind of skin, right, than your arm. Right. They, different things happen to this skin than this skin. Yes. Facial skin gets different problems. You get wrinkles and things. You don't get those on your palms. Right. Different kind of skin down there. And in the women, obviously, it's, it's not even a skin, really. It's a mucosa. And it, those kinds of the viruses penetrate there really easily. What if you rubbed your face on your genitalia? Mahalo. Well, I just that's another question, too, there. I just kind of wondering, you know. <laughs> I mean, Sam, they're uh, very contagious. They're exceedingly common. Uh, many different ways to treat them. People have tried interferon. You get liquid nitrogen. You get laser. You can have them burned off, frozen off, all kinds of things. Um, the, well, the, what makes it different if they're frozen or uh, burned off? It's just different techniques. It doesn't make a big difference. Well, but, I mean, if they're gone, there's nothing else there, right? If they're gone, they will uh, tend to be less likely to proliferate, but the virus will always be present and you will always be contagious. Where will the virus be? In the skin. It just in the, the war skin. won't be proliferating. Couldn't you dunk yourself in something? No. There's nothing. There is nothing. I mean, the virus, you, your degree of contagiousness is much higher when you have a big wart burden. There's a lot more virus present. Then, so it decreases your contagiousness. But if you have had wart virus or warts, you should always be sure to wear a condom because you will probably well, transmit. I grew up with warts, so uh, as far as, you know, at one time as a younger person, I had colonies. You know, on the hands and stuff. Different wart virus. Well, the, the real certainly. issue for men, it's it's a non-issue basically, as far as we can tell. Anyway, I mean, because this, it has nothing to do with the reproduction. 
not even that so much. Is for women, the issue is that it increases the probability. Of certain wart viruses increase the probability of cervical cancer uh-huh. substantially. And with men, you know it. Men, you see them, and there's, you know whether or not it increases the risk of penile cancer is still being discussed. But it's not a big no issue. Cancer. For it's not a big issue. Not an issue for men. Okay. Issue for women. It's an issue of who you give it to, okay? Well, I'm getting ready to Wear get a it condom. all burned off and everything. But Wear I'm... a condom from now on no matter what. All right. Well, certainly. Yeah, certainly. Good luck. Good luck. I learned a lesson the hard way, but... Uh... Listen, vernal warts, I mean, some people believe is, you know, 60 80% of the sexually active population. They are exceedingly common, okay? Yeah. That always makes me think you have them when you say that. I appreciate that. Mahalo. Dude. <laughs> and yet he never denies it. And uh, Abraham Ben Ruby... I, from ER, Yes. I'm guessing because your, termi- your your penis is so tremendous that they would probably charge you extra. To have them burned off. Yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you could probably get your penis into the doctor's office without leaving the house. <laughs> could you do that? I could flag the taxi down, maybe. <laughs> the penis uh, hops into the cab and goes, uh, 12th and Main, and step on it. Take me to the hospital quick. Hey, your penis is a big tipper, though. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where was my dr- where was the drum roll? Oh, Mike fades out after the first twenty minutes. <laughs> He's all over the show, but at the first break, but then he he gets into his popcorn and his porn magazine. <laughs> <laughs> he starts coasting. Oh, he's on a roll. Saving now. his energy for the grease man, uh, Rick. Yeah, you're on Love Line. Doctor Drew Adam, how's it going? Hey, um, I got a couple questions about masturbation. I'd like to ask. Um, me and a few, and like, you know, basically my peers, 15, 16, 17 years old, have, uh, you know, we're beyond the stage of, you know, um, not admitting to masturbation. And I've asked a few girls before what, if they, you know, what they did or, or if they even thought about it or anything. And what, they, they always say no, but that's just, is that just a kind of a girl mentality of saying no? I mean, because basically, I mean, I, this is something that's been told me before that basically there's two kinds of people in this world. There's masturbators and there's liars. No, that's that's males. That's males. That's, okay. That applies to males only. So what do you think, what are your guys' views about the girls' masturbation? What do you think about that? Or do, do you think they do, like, you know, high school age or or are they more look down some, to Some do, some don't. Rick? Yeah. You, you're looking for more material to fill your masturbatory arsenal, aren't you? Yeah, they know when you're asking them about masturbating that that's just one more thing you're going to masturbate to. That's why they don't want to feed that fire. For Christ's sake, you already have a problem with it. They're doing you a favor. You understand? You'd probably drop your pants and start masturbating right there if they admitted to it. (laughs) No, no, no. Here's what I've found out about women. And believe me, I know the women. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like Jane Goodall uh, studied the chimps. You know, she didn't actually become one or touch any of them, but she just kind of hung out and watched. That's and made notes. That's that's what I did. Uh, here's how it works: Women get into their sexual prime when they get a little bit older, mm-hmm. and part of that is masturbating. Mm-hmm. And so, most of the women you run into who are who are older will do it, and and oftentimes admit to it, although it's it's not considered polite. To ask, at least on the first date. Well, the people that I was asking weren't like, you know, I wouldn't just go up to somebody and say, hey, do you masturbate? No, it was more like, you know, people that I associate with that are basically my friends. So I can honestly ask. Right, but high school girls, not quite as often. Producer Ann, I don't know if she's listening or not. She's, uh, she's, uh, she's not put the headphones on. Now she is. Yes, Producer Ann, when you were in high school, 
Be yes. on. Be honest now. You hung okay. out with the girls. Uh huh. I know. Uh, I know you enjoy the uh, thrills of the bathtub. Right. And I know they probably didn't have one of those in the girls' room, so you, you your your masturbatory thing Extra was kept at a minimum. Shower. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. So now, did the girls you went to high school with did, did most of them masturbate? No, we didn't talk about it. You didn't talk about nope. it. See, it's, it's not really easy. Even if they did, that's what I'm asking. Even if they did, it's 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 so um, controversial, or, or they don't say anything about it to anybody. You know, it's it's real. Yeah, quiet. you know why? Because everyone like you, Rick, makes a big deal out of it. Well, I'm not making a big deal of it. I'm just. Well, you're not making a big deal of it. You're calling a radio show and, and spending ten minutes talking about women masturbating. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I got you there, Rick. Yeah, you did. You Why does it matter? What does it matter? Why it doesn't it? really. I, just, I think it is much. It, it is relatively uncommon for a high school female to do that. Okay. And more uncommon to admit to it. Because right. guys like Rick want to know right. so badly. And as Adam pointed out, later on it is not so uncommon. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mahalo. Good Enjoy. luck with the book. <laughs> you know, I got to say something real fast before we go to break. I, in my, me and my friends, I got to be honest here. We, when we were like eighteen or nineteen, we had a competition to see who could go the longest without masturbating. Without. And we had a T-shirt made up. And it said cold jerky on it, and then it said day number, and we had Velcro numbers that we stuck on the shirt. And the guy who won, I know this sounds bizarre. This sounds really the bizarre. The guy who won, it was like 23 days. And the guy, and I didn't even, I said, screw this. I'm not even getting involved with this. <laughs> I was actually masturbating while we are planning this out. But the guy who won got the T-shirt, and he would be the holder of the shirt, like the America's Cup. And if some guy <laughs> wanted to make a run at him, he could take, well, my friend... I call him the Wheeze. I won't use his real name. He made a run at, what, at the record. Right. And he was off by two days. He, he he thought it was 21 days and not 23 days. And I went over to his work. And it was like 5.30. And I said, so uh, what are you going to do later on there, Wheeze? He goes, I'm going home and I'm masturbating. <laughs> and I go, well, how come? You got another two days. He goes, what do you mean two days? The record's 21. I go, no, no, no it's 23. He grabbed me by the collar. <laughs> this guy's like 5'7", 120 pounds. And he threw me into a wall. And he goes, don't lie to me, man. <laughs> I've never seen a guy so upset in my entire life. Nice. But he did take possession of the shirt. Did he? Excellent. And uh, I got like some, I got like the home game. And we'll be back. <laughs> Meanwhile, halfway across the city, in a small fish market in Chinatown. Excuse me, could I get some fish? In the meantime, Loveline will be right back. Remember when you had to listen to radio programs on their schedule? But with this podcast, life is better because you get to listen on your schedule. But what about backing up your computer files at home or at work? What's your schedule look like there? You don't need to schedule that either, as long as you have Carbonite. Carbonite backs up your files to the cloud for you automatically whenever you're connected to the Internet. You can try it for yourself free right now at Carbonite.com. There's no credit card required. Plus, if you use offer code LOVELINE, you get two bonus months with your purchase. That's Carbonite.com, offer code LOVELINE. Here we go again. Let me give the phone number out for Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. We're here with Abraham Ben Ruby from ER and, of course, Dr. Drew and Lynn. Hi. 
Hey, you're on Loveline. Hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, Lynn. Um, I have a question about, um, is it normal to urinate during, um, while you're having an orgasm? Guys can't do it. <laughs> no, I mean women. Right. Uh, it's not really what you'd call normal, uh, but it's it's well characterized. It's called female orgasmic incontinence. Uh, some people can confuse a large amount of secretion which can occur during orgasm also with incontinence of urine. Both can occur. Neither mean that there's anything wrong with you, uh, but they just happen. Drew, what about number two? Anything documented in that department? Not without a spinal cord injury. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you, you mean a spinal cord injury comes after... The woman busts a chair over your back for crapping on her in bed, or or you mean before? Before. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. All right, Lynn. Good luck. Abraham, ever uh, any number two action in the sack? <laughs> I, no. <laughs> no. No. I'm just blatantly going with no on that yeah. one. And thank God is it, is that men the, cannot urinate during that process, because Lord knows half of them would be doing it if it, if they could do it. <laughs> Just hmm. You mean I can get this over with at the same time? <laughs> I'd kill two birds with one boner. <laughs> I think, Adam, the cold medicine is finally taking effect. Oh, I never felt better. That's what's true. That's pretty scary. <laughs> Robert. Yeah, that's me. Hey, you're on Loveline. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, I got kind of a problem. About, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago, I was studying for an English test with my ex-girlfriend and this girl I've been kind of seeing a little bit. And, well, me and my ex-girlfriend kind of went over to the side and kind of patched things up and got it on for a while, you know. Things were looking good, and then, like, the next date, me and the other girl got things going. You know? They both know about each other. Yeah, now, here's how, here's how it breaks down. One girl I can hang out with, like, all day long, but I got nothing going physically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just, it just isn't happening. We can go to the coffee shop, we can talk until dawn, but other than that, it's just, it's over. And then the other girl is incredible. I mean... <laughs> Robert, listen, yeah. what'd you say? Are you in college studying? Uh, no, I'm senior year in high school. All right. Were you held back a few years? No. Because you're on the damn radio. You've used the S word and the F word in the 18 seconds you've been on the radio. Did you study manners? I'm sorry about that. Okay. Man. All right, I'm done. Okay. All right, well, so one you can talk to. And the other one I can sleep with. Right. Well, not really sleep. Right. Well, that's usually the way it breaks down. And it's no coincidence, I might add. Why is this such a hard decision for you? Because yeah, go just, for just, the looker. You got your buddies well, to just, chat with. It's not the looker. It's it just you, you get a real sense of the enthusiasm you have for the relationship for the person that you're impassioned with for. That's true. But, man, when I'm done, it's like time to smoke my cigarette, get in the car, and go home. So you have no relationship with her. You don't have any real... Interests that you share, or anything like, like you know, we had a little bit at the beginning, but then it just kind of got to this point where we were knocking it out, and then it, and then you know, I, I knock it out, smoke a cigarette, go home, and wrench on my car. Now, why is that? Why is that? Your guess is as good as mine. You're the doctor. I mean, is it scary to you that you're so involved, you're so turned on by this person? Uh, yeah, in a way, it is. And so you, you, to be, to be that impassioned and to be connected emotionally is just too much yeah. so you hold back emotionally so you don't have to 
really gain any kind of connection. Well, look at the doc. Cutting yeah. to the quick. That's what I like about him. Yeah. I was going to talk about the car for a while, <laughs> but was, Drew went right to the emotional I, end of things. I, I think you got to go with the relationship that is the scariest to you. Go and, scary? Yep. Go scary and try to get more honest, more vulnerable, and really open yourself up to the potential that the, is there in that relationship. Does she speak English? Oh, yeah. And is she an, an intelligent person? Well, see, that's, that's the problem right there. What? She's an idiot. Yeah, but you don't sound like Einstein either, so maybe you guys can kind of balance each other out. You know, that could work. <laughs> you know, maybe you've hit a chord there. I, I may be right. You may, you may have found something. You guys can sit around and marvel at, at inventions, like the radio <laughs> and the blender and stuff, stuff like that. The light bulb. Read literature like Cat in the Hat. Yeah, Robert, you know what I've found? I've found that that even there's something to talk about with even the most moronic of people. I know. I work construction for many years, and I used to sit on a big pile of drywall and talk to guys about how much they hated other races, and we got along just fine. No. Okay. Yeah. That's what you do in construction, by the way. You sit on a pile of drywall. That is your break. That is your (laughs) half-hour lunch. You sit on a pile of drywall. Even if there's no drywall around, you have to actually bring drywall in just to sit on. And then you talk about how much you hate other races and how much you hate your old lady. But don't you cuss quite a bit when you're in construction? Oh, yeah, you have to. They'll okay. throw your ass right off the site. It's on the oh. application. Yeah. No, that, that's important. All righty. All right, Robert. Okay, so got to go big. Make conversation. All go righty. scary. Don't go easy. All righty. Hey, nobody, but real quick, I'm selling my car. Nobody wants to buy a Plymouth uh, back there, do they? 69. Well, you got a good year. What? Uh, how many miles on it? Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's he think? This is the uh, green sheet? I think that's the only reason he called. He was trying to sell He's the trying car. to sell a Plymouth. And brag about his two women. Yeah, a, a Plymouth that he's soiled, by the way. Exactly. Taryn? Yeah? You're on Loveline. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, Adam. Hi, Hi. Abraham. I love the show. Thank you. <laughs> um, Their show or my show? Huh? What show do you like? I like both of them. Oh, one aren't for you a, TV, one for radio. Aren't you a diplomat? All right, knock the crap off. You have a question? Yeah, well, I kind of have this situation. Um, a really good friend of mine is a guy. He's a heterosexual, and he's pretty good looking. And um, He's always, you know, had girlfriends and stuff, and he's only, like, I think had, had sex with one of them. Well, I don't know, he talked to me, and I guess he he got drunk with a couple of his buddies, and um, there was another girl there or something, and they kind of had this big orgy, and he had some, like, total homosexual experience, and and I guess kind of liked it, even though he was a little drunk and didn't really... I, he says he didn't really know what he was doing. but um, And so he doesn't know, like, what to think about it, and I don't know what to think about it. I'm just... This one you can chalk up to don't act on impulse. Make sure you know what you're doing before you get into confusing situations. Well, only add to your ambivalence and confusion and, and the pain. But they're planning to do this again. Like, All right, let me tell you something, Taryn. Before yeah. the penis enters the mouth or the hand or the buttocks, uh-huh. it should be like, you know, in the uh, nuclear uh, silos, the missile silos, Two guys have to, like, turn keys simultaneously, and then they have to do this, like, key pattern. That's what it should be like. You know what I'm saying? There should be a whole list of things you go through, a whole list of checkpoints that you that you check off. <clears throat> you know, each, each one has, like, a sidearm and holds it on each other. 
you, you know what I mean? You, you can't just get loaded and, and put a penis in your mouth. Yeah, well... I got to believe that that... He, this guy has feelings toward men. Otherwise, yeah, he but, wouldn't do it. Right. Well, well that's kind of what he said, but he doesn't know if he's, like, totally bisexual. Or, or if he's just or, confused or what. Yeah. And All I the more know. reason to just cool his jets and wait till he's a little older until he figures out how he's feeling, puts this whole experience in, in perspective, and then begins to move forward with what his feelings are at that point. I guess. 17 but. is not the time to begin erratic, chaotic experimentation. It is not. This whole notion that that I'm getting on my high horse willfully this time. And that Go, This whole notion that how can you possibly know unless you experience these things is a bunch of crap. Right. That people know what they want when they know what they want, and that's the time to act on it. That's the time when it is the most comfortable, the most rewarding. I mean, if he's homosexual, terrific, and he'll feel comfortable. He'll, he'll have a lot of trouble sort of dealing with those things, but he'll he'll deal with those issues as they come to him, and then he'll begin to initiate those relationships. Yeah. The same is true of people having heterosexual relationships, women having sexual relationships with men thinking that they're going to make an emotional connection, men having no intention to have that kind of connection shouldn't be clearly, clearly shouldn't be engaging those kinds of relations at, at that time because they don't know what they're doing. It just adds to the pain and the confusion. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm a little confused about my sexuality. Perhaps if I had a penis in my rear end, it would clear things up. Somehow right. it would cut How through would the How would I fog. possibly know unless I experienced that? Right. Which is BS. Right. We know. I know there are just certain things I don't want done. It's it's as easy as if you had a two-by-four with a 16-penny sinker but, but, that's a nail coming through the other side. I would know you. I would not want to be hitting the small of the back with that without actually having Abraham take a swipe at me with it. But the other, Don't but, get any but, ideas, but, big but guy. In a broader context, the same is true if, if a 14-year-old wants to sleep with a 17-year-old right, male. Right, same with the broads. female because maybe then he'll stay with me. Maybe he'll marry me. Maybe he'll like me. Maybe 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 forget the maybes don't engage in these kinds of important intimate actions unless you really know what you're doing because you're just asking for pain and confusion you have anything to add to that abraham uh, it's all very fascinating really i agree i agree i agree too and there goes drew's high horse <laughs> we're going to try to rustle him down and bring him back to the watering hole after this Loveline will be right back. And if you're not here, we'll hunt you down and shoot you in the head. Just kidding. Mike Catherwood and, of course, Dr. Drew Pinsky here from Loveline, and we got some awesome news. Now you can listen to our Loveline radio show whenever and wherever you want. That's right. Thanks to PodcastOne.com, home of the Mike and Dr. Drew podcast. You can get Loveline every night as a free podcast. No more paywall. Just go to PodcastOne.com and click on the Loveline show icon and download. People have been asking about this for years. And now it's here. Loveline, the free podcast, whenever and wherever you want on iTunes and PodcastOne.com. That is PodcastOne.com. Yes, indeedy. We're back here at Love Line. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. We're back with Abraham Ben Ruby from ER. Say hi, Abe. Hi. 
Do people call you Abe, by the way? Dude, yeah, Abe is appropriate. It is? Sure. You're very laid back. That's the thing. Let me say something real fast. Oh, and uh, Dr. Drew. Uh, <laughs> you see, you're a huge guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be aggressive. It's true. You don't have to be on the on guard all the time. It's like little dogs. What's the biggest pain in the ass mutt in all the canine world? Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Smallest little pain in the ass there is. And one of the most laid-back dogs, St. Bernard. True. Because who's going to screw with the St. Bernard? People are no different. It's always the little ones that are always in everybody's face talking about how much ass they have to kick and all that kind of stuff. And the big guys, thank God, are usually laid back. Because you could only imagine uh, putting uh, the chihuahua brain into a guy like Abraham. Oh, it'd be ugly. It'd be ugly. <laughs> I'm guessing your brain's bigger. I, I think so. Isn't Look at that. I just insulted of... him. He didn't even come after me. <laughs> see what I mean? Bigger than the chihuahuas you meant. That's what I'm saying. I see. And again, with the massive size penis. <laughs> uh, Kurt. Yeah. You're on Loveline. Uh, thanks. Uh, how's it going? Good. Um, this I is my problem. list here, by the way, at the bottom. What? This is my list at the bottom. I'm sorry. Drew's talking to me. I'll call. I ignore your list, Drew. I've made my own list. Thank you very much. Go ahead, Kurt. Pay attention to Adam there. Thank you. Yeah. um, I had a problem because my girlfriend's mother is putting stress on our relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's been really screwing us up because, like, she'll ground her for no reason or something like that. And it's just stupid for some reason. Give us us a specific example. Um, like, Like, we'll be talking on the phone. And then she'll just pop in for no reason and just start start talking to me or something. What really you mean rude. get on the line with you? Huh? Get on on the phone line with you? You mean? Yeah. How about the grounding? Well, give us an example. Um, of something she's she'll, for. she'll embarrass her. She'll just like embarrass her right in front of me. What will she say? Like she'll fart or something? N- no. Um, okay. She'll end up like we'll end up talking, and then she'll just jump in the conversation and say something really weird and look at her because her mom's like a New Yorkin. Like, people from New York. Yeah, very pushy, those folks. Yeah. Yeah, they're loud because there's a lot of traffic there. Mm-hmm. And you have to shout so people can hear you. Well, yeah, I guess. But she just, like, grounds her for no reason. So well, we Give us a reason that she grounded her for. She um, doesn't like, say it's for no reason. Yeah, what was a reason? Talking on the phone for about an hour. Okay. At 3 in the morning? No. Like, in the afternoon, like, normal, like, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. We'll just talk for an hour, and then her mom will, like, come and says, you've been on the phone too long. You're All right, uh, hold on. Kurt. Yeah. What do you want us to do? Put a hit on her? Well, I was just wonder. I just needed some help on what I should do here. Cause, like, it's just annoying. What should I do? Like, go kill her mom or something? She's a New Yorker? Well, yeah. Get her some cheesecake and a dozen bagels and, you know, offer it as sort of a, a peace offering. Make nice. <laughs> okay. Well, All right. Okay. And when you talk to her, say, you know what I mean? After everything you say, you know what I mean? I mean. All right? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Just make nice. Be a gentleman. Be on her good side and go over there and do something. You know what I mean? Wash the dishes. I've I've been doing that. I've actually, like, helped out or something. Then keep doing it. Yeah, go help out. Okay. Some, you know. I I think more he's feeding into what the girlfriend is telling him. More than what the mom is actually doing. Yeah. Because, you know, if there's something really bothersome that she were doing, he would have a million specific examples when all he can talk about is how the girlfriend feels about what the mother's doing. Yeah, I used, got to, that? I used to do that, like, in school. I'd, like, come back with a D or an F, and I'd give my parents, you know, that rap that sounds totally insane now, but it sort of made sense. I, I don't know what it is. The teacher doesn't like me. <laughs> it just doesn't like me. 
when you're doing all your homework, you're, you're acing all the tests. Yes. They just don't like me. They don't like the the Catholics. <laughs> they got it in for the white guy. That's what it is. Where'd you go to school? I went to North Hollywood High. Okay. Oh, yes. Thank God. I played football, by the way. You did. Unlike you, prancing around in your little Shakespearean tights and reading comic books and masturbating all day. I was out on the gridiron with the men. Right on. More power to you, Adam. Yeah, look where it got me. Uh, Jason. Oh, hi. Hey, you're on Loveline. Abe and Dr. Drew. Hello. I just had a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, concerning one of the last callers. Yes. The guy who was using the razor blade to cut himself open for his wife or whatever. Yes. Right. To the point that there was no unscarred surfaces left on his yeah. arms. Right. Pretty much incapacitated. it. Um, I've got a tendency for the same thing except not razor blades. Uh, my girlfriend likes to bite into my skin and suck the blood, but I really don't see anything kind of quirky about my past or... Um, odd about me right now is just wondering um, what kind of incidents I mean does that automatically mean that you're a little no. weird? Or no, it's a, it's yes, a yes, it does. Jason yeah. let, let me say something. Here's all we have to go off of as a society. <clears throat> you are weird when X amount of percentage of society does, does not engage in what you engage in. That's all we have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, I disagree. Wait, no, just put a sock in it for a minute. Drew. I will for a minute. But literally, I want to see you put a sock in your mouth. (laughs) What I'm saying is, is uh, those who enjoy, let's say, doing it doggy style, you know, 50% of the the nation doesn't make you weird. Those who are into sodomizing or into that whole route, 20%. Makes you a little bit, you know, you're going down. Now, and then you get into strangulation, like, while you're doing it, and you're down at, like, 8%. And that, when you get into the whole bloodletting thing, you're down at, like, 1% or 2%. Okay? Now that makes you weird. But it might make me weird, but it doesn't necessarily point to um, That's true. abuse. And That's the, exactly right. That is a, some kind of mental problem. The devi- counseling or de- heavy counseling. That is correct. Deviancy I'm, does not necessarily mean that there is a problem, but there are specific But you patterns. always ask. No, I wouldn't. This guy, I wouldn't. This is some. This I worry about his girlfriend a little more and the nature of their relationship that he submits to this. Well, sure. I mean, but, I know there's a little. You've got limited information to go on. Right, but but, but there are certain characteristic patterns, just like I asked the you know, the patterns about marijuana use that I use to point out what's obvious about marijuana addiction. There's certain other patterns of self mutilation and abuse that that specify that are that are hallmarks of character logic disorders. Yeah. And you, what you're describing is not that. What you're describing is some kind of rough, you know, playful thing where, you know, I don't know what your girlfriend's about that she has to buy or that you got into that in the first place. Wait a minute. This guy would take a razor blade and slice his soft tissue open until there are no further surfaces available that are unscarred. And this guy lets his. Is there bloodletting every time you're with your girlfriend? Um, 90%. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Yeah, no, wait a minute. Really, yeah, there's not a huge distinction between the guy who inflicts the wound on himself and Jason over here who lets his girlfriend bite into him like a pit bull when they're having sex. And you were talking about how uh, um, 
how bad the human mouth was in terms of virus. Yeah. So I think that makes Jason even lower on the uh, food chain, and the sexual food chain. I don't know, man. I think just based on the sound of Jason's voice in comparison to the Mr. Creepy, I'm <laughs> slicing myself. That's true. Yeah, the other guy was like Count Chocula. Exactly. <laughs> I think you're all right, Jason. So you just let her bite you. And all right, Jason. Go yeah. on. You're as normal as a guy can be who lets his girlfriend dig into him when they're having sex. All right, I mean... It, I it is different. It is not self-mutilation. Well, the other I guy was mutilating know, himself and then... It could be considered mutilation because I'm consenting. Yeah, I, I, look, it, it's more like masochism, sadomasochism. It's, it's like, like that kind of stuff more than it is somebody uh, mutilating themselves and then spraying their, you know, having their girlfriend just, you know, it's very, right. very bizarre. This, this is, you know, people do weird kind of physical things in their act. Jason? Now, this yeah. kind of thing, actually, this kind of thing, Jason, let me, let me ask this question. If you want to know a pattern that fits with this, is uh, a long illness when you were a child. Were you ever laid up like with a broken leg or something when you were a young child? Nothing like that. That that is a pattern that goes along with this kind of thing. Why is that? I, they're weird patterns of human behavior. That's one of them. Jason. Yeah. I'm still putting you in the weirdo camp, <laughs> but I'm making you the counselor. Why? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Remember volleyball at three. Ah. <sighs> huh? No. We got a little more time, don't we, Mike? Yeah, Drew, would you relax over here? Everything you do is wrong, except for your information. Yeah, the, the, those cold pills make you so irritable. <laughs> it's amazing. Do they? Yeah. I'm sorry. Either you're having your period. I'm not sure which it is. Uh, I do have some spotting. Oh, uh, Bill. Hello. Hello, Bill. Hey, what's going on? I was hoping you could help me break a chain I got here. All right. I got my uh, dykes out. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm 33 years old. I've been uh, masturbating since I was like 10. And, let, me, uh, let me do some math. Okay. 23 years of pure masturbation. Yes, Bill? And my, when I was young, my parents would see me, you know, playing around. And I felt guilty most of my life doing that. So, like, my self-esteem is a 10 when I quit for a week. And when I do it, I feel like a zero. I just, like, you know, just I'm a lot better person when I quit. Tell you, I Bill. I, no, I can't quit forever. Another two and a half weeks, you would have been vying for the T-shirt. <laughs> Take that right away from the wheeze. He keeps it enshrined in his living room. Like a Gohansen, you know, the, the Buddhists, they put it there, he puts little fruit offerings and things on, he burns incense. Nam-myo-renge-kyo. Bill, Bill, if you feel better when you don't masturbate, then don't masturbate. But I can't quit for more than a week or two. Or That would be normal. Yeah, oh yeah, a week or two, what are you, nuts? I'm just saying I'm a nice person, but when I when I quit, my self esteem goes up. When I when I do it, then I, it's hard for me to talk to people. Drew, is there some sort of patch, some sort of sperm patch? You know, because what Bill is is saying, it sounds like 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 he's a smoker. You know, he quits, he gets irritable, he has withdrawals. No, he, he feels better when he quits. Uh, yeah, I know, but it, but but after two weeks, he starts getting a little surly, don't you, Bill? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrated, tense. I know I can't quit forever. You know, even when I have a girl, I still do it. Uh, if, if I quit for two weeks, my penis would be in complete panic. It'd be talking to like my testicles. Hey, what's going on? What happened? Did the he problem, die? The problem <laughs> I have is I get a boating accident. What happened? 
I was just wondering if the guilt's worth it. He just like uses me to pee now. Obviously, Bill, the problem is the guilt you experience for doing a normal human male function. I know it's normal, and, but and that's for that's me personally. It, it hurts my personality and who I am by doing it. Bill, 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 listen, we're in a big rush here. Yeah. Let me give you your answer. You are putting all the pressure on the penis, and like a like a tent pole, it's going to snap. You know what I'm saying, Bill? It cannot hold all the pressure you're putting on. This is your parents. This is your past. This is your childhood. This is the dealings with your parents. This is the guilt you felt about your parents. This doesn't have anything to do with masturbation. It's just manifesting itself in masturbation. You need to get some counseling. You need to talk to somebody. It's not masturbation. You're talking about, you're putting it all on this problem, and it has nothing to do with that. Do you understand that, Bill? Yes. Not totally. Yes. I'm forcing you to understand. Open your mouth. I'm going to force this concept down your throat. Talk to somebody. Get some help. Get some therapy. And don't chalk it all up to what you do with your penis. Hello. 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 Love line will be right back. would like to thank Abraham Ben Ruby for being such a eloquent and cool guest tonight. My pleasure. He is uh, sat here like the uh, like the guy on one of those uh, Viking uh, rowing ships, you know, just sort of the big guy sits at the end. With my drum going, row, row. <laughs> smacking the big tom-tom there. That's right. Drew? Huh. You can see Abraham on ER, by the way. Thank you. 10 o'clock, NBC. Uh, what what night? Thursday. Thursday, yeah, I knew that. Drew, read the address and the uh, email address, and do it do it like a pro this time. Do it like Casey Kasem would do. Come on. No. Nah, Come on. No. Email address, LUV191 on America Online. And the mailing address is P.O. Box, it's Loveline, P.O. Box 4345, uh. Hollywood, California, 90078. I really would like you to sell that next time. <laughs> I mean, we know it's a prepared statement, but I want you to have fun with it. I'll, I'll talk to you when you come down off the cold medicine, all right? <laughs> I would like to thank the lovely Sherry for doing the phones tonight and a wonderful job. The beautiful angular Anne for doing the wonderful producing job that she always does. Mike, the one nut wonder, whose uh, wizardry behind the board there is second to none. <laughs> Abraham Ben Ruby for coming in here tonight. Thank Dr. You. Drew, the board certified physician. Adam Carolla, the nobody. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you are still listening, you may feel the urge to touch yourself. So that's it then. The opinions expressed on Loveline by Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, or anyone are not necessarily ours. Be happy. Be happy. Happy, happy, happy. Happy. The next producer is Ann Wilkins. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A podcast one dot com production.